And that is the cry that should be in our hearts, is to bring them in. When we sing that song, I think some people misunderstand that song. Some people think we're supposed to bring people into church. Um, It's great for people to come to church, but our goal is not to bring people to church. Our goal is to give out the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, so they can be brought into the family of God. And that is what we are doing. That's what our goal is. That's what we desire to do. I'm going to preach this morning from 2 Corinthians. You can look look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. When I was growing up, uh, my mom taught English in school, and um, I did not like English too much. She's good at English, but I didn't really like English too much because no matter how much you learn English, there's always exceptions to the rule. When we're learning French, there's all kinds of exceptions to the rule in French as well. And I didn't like that too much. I like things where, you know, it's one, two, three, four, and it's always one, two, three, four, and you can remember, and things are always the same way. I like math and I like science because things are organized and things are always the same. And so probably that's why I like a lot of Paul's writing. Paul likes, Paul's very organizational. He, he, he states points and he, he builds on things. And he does that a little bit here in Second Corinthians. <laughs> and we don't have time to read the whole chapter. We're going to concentrate on the end of it. But in verses 1 to 5, Paul's stating there, verse 2 he says, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. Paul is saying here that we earnestly desire, we groan and earnestly desire to be in heaven. Um, I think probably all of us have felt that way and and, um, more or less at times, lots of times when our health is down or lots of times when we have lots of pressures on us, sometimes we just wish, man, I wish I could just be in heaven. And Paul said that that was his desire. And it should be all of our desire is to be in heaven because if we have accepted Jesus Christ, ultimately we will be there with him. But he says in verse 6, therefore, because our desire is to be there, He says, we can be confident that we will be with him because in verse uh, 5 he says, because the Holy Spirit has been given to us. We have a desire to be there and the Holy Spirit lives within us and so therefore we are confident that we will be there one day. And when we witness to the Muslim people, especially, and we ask them, you know, what if they have a desire to be in heaven or what what their beliefs are, Almost all Muslims will say, I think I'm going to heaven because they can't ever say for sure because it depends on the balance. Because you never know what the balance is going to, you know, what, what, what's going to weigh heavier until after you die. Um, even a lot of people from other churches that don't understand salvation clearly. I think I'm going to heaven because I think, you know, I've done enough. Well, we can know. And Paul was saying here that we can be confident because the Holy Spirit lives within us, we can be confident that we will be with Him. The, the, the steps that I saw here in this passage in, in, first, in 2 Corinthians 5 that, uh, that I noticed right off is the, this, the word therefore or the word wherefore. Paul uses it many times in this passage. So he says, his desire is to be in heaven. He would rather be there. And he says, therefore we are confident that whether we're here or whether we're there, we can please God. We can, and we can know that we're going to be there one day. 
But the second therefore or wherefore is, is found in verse 9. He says, wherefore, because we have the desire to be in heaven and because we are confident that one day we will be there, in verse 9, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. So, Paul says his desire is to be in heaven. He's confident that he will be there. We know that we all will be there. And therefore, because of that, he says, whether we labor, whether we're here on earth or whether we're not here on earth, our desire is to be accepted by him. Our desire is to please him. And verse 10, he says he has that desire because all of us one day are going to stand before Christ. Um, the Bible says that everyone in the earth one day will glorify God. And everyone will glorify God either at the great right throne judgment when they accept that God has righteously judged them for rejecting Jesus Christ and sending them to hell or at the Bema Seat judgment when we are judged for, uh, rewarded for what we have done for Christ here on this earth. And the wood, hay, and stubble will be burned up. So, Paul says, therefore, because we know we're going to be in heaven, because the Holy Spirit lives within us, um, we, we need to, wherever we are, our desire is, our ambition is to please Him. Because we are going to be judged. We are, there, there is going to be a judgment for how we serve Him with our lives here on this earth. In Africa, I use the illustration a lot. Um, you know, 20 years ago when we went to Africa, we always, and we needed money changed, we'd have to go to a Lebanese guy or somebody else and, and write a check and it would be, He'd give us the cash right away, right away, but it'd be sometimes a month, two months, sometimes six months before the cash, the check would cash, because you know the banking system was kind of slow. Now, um, for the last probably 10 years or maybe even longer, when we want to change money, there are ATMs all over. We can take our our bank card from here in the states, stick it in an ATM in the, in Africa, and we can, as long as we have money in our bank, we can get money out. It's very easy. But a lot of people have that idea, and and more and more people are getting um, bank cards in the, in the Ivory Coast. But a lot of people have that same idea about God. Salvation is something that gives you the right to go to heaven and you live your life how you want to here on this earth. And God is like an ATM machine. When you want something from Him, you slide your card in, you punch it what you want, He gives it to you and you walk off and you live your life how you want. That's not how God is. We are all going to give, Paul says here, we are, gonna, we are all going to give accounts to Him one day for how we live our lives. He says, the next step up in verse 11, knowing therefore, another step, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And so, Paul says, because we know that we're going to, we have a desire to be with God, because we are persuaded, we know that we will one day live with God, because we know that we're going to be judged for how we live for Him here on this earth, our desire, Paul says, is to persuade men. To do everything we can to share the gospel and to help unbelievers understand the gospel message and accept Christ. Persuade men. Help them understand that Jesus Christ died for them. That they shouldn't live for themselves, in verse 15, but that they should live for Him which died for them. Here in, in the States, I think every time we come back, we notice it even more People ask us sometimes if we have culture shock going back to Africa. We, we never have culture shock going over there. We have culture shock when we come back. And it's actually not culture shock um, because the media keeps us up to date pretty much of what's going on with the culture here in the States. We see it sliding rapidly. 
But I think the biggest shock is coming back and coming back to churches and seeing the change in churches, in fundamental Baptist churches. Um, the world is here when we leave, and the church is here. And when we come back, the world slid over, and in a lot of a lot of times the churches have also slid over. There's still the same distance between the world and the church, but there's a bigger different distance between Christ and the church. And our desire, Paul said here, is to persuade men, to convince men that they need to accept Christ, that Christ died for them, and that they shouldn't live for themselves. Here in the United States, I think if there's any civilization on the earth right now that is living for themselves, it is America. I mean, you see it everywhere. You see it in the media. You see it in the politicians. You see it in the news, you know, the ads, the big billboards, everything. Everyone, the, the, the message is live for yourself. You, you know, you only have one life to live. Live it up. Um, Paul says, because of what Christ has done for us, because of the, of the hope that we have, our desire is to persuade other people that Christ died for them, that they shouldn't live for themselves, but that they should live for Christ who died for them. And all, then in verse 16, another wherefore, wherefore, when we look at people, we don't look at them based upon what they are, but we look at them with eternity in view. The Africans have the tendency, just like we do here in the States, if two people walk into a church, two strangers walk into a church, and one is well-dressed, obviously well-to-do, and the other one is obviously poor, a lot of us have the tendency of favoring the rich man over the poor. Um, Paul says, look at everybody with eternity in view, not according to the flesh, not according to how they're living here on this earth, but according to what is coming. Because, in verse 17 and 19, 17 to 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If any human being that we share Christ with accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, whether it's in Africa or it's here, he is a new creature. The old things, Paul says here, are passed away. All things are become new. And so, his, he's building up here, finally, to the fact that because we have the desire to be with Christ, and because we know that we're going to be there one day because of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, therefore we have the desire to live for Him, to please Him. We know that we're going to be judged. Our desire is to persuade men, to give them the good news that Jesus Christ died for them, to give them the good news that if they accept Christ, they are in Christ. All things are passed away in their life. All things are become new in their life, just the same way as it, as it changed our lives. And so therefore, in verse 17 and 18, our ministry is um, verse 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. That's our ministry in the Ivory Coast. We are there as church planters, but our ministry is that of reconciliation, reconciling man with God. And that should be our ministry wherever we are, whether we're at the workplace here, whether we're at school here, whether in our neighborhood with our, with our friends and our family, our ministry is that of reconciliation. Is mankind getting better? The, uh, the evolutionists would like to say that we're getting better and better. You know, over time, there's changes and changes, and we're getting better and better and better. Well, just looking at the last 20 years, you can see that that is not at all true. Mankind is not getting better. 
We, our ministry, Paul said, is the ministry of reconciliation. And in verse 19 he says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto us, unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Our ministry is that of, recon- of reconciliation, and he's given to us the word of reconciliation. The only word, the only message that can reconcile man with God is his word, is the word of God. And that's our job, is to give out the word, his word, to others. And that brings us to verse 20, which is the main verse I wanted to look at. Now then, the same idea. Therefore, wherefore, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ that be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors for Christ. It doesn't say we can be ambassadors for Christ, but it says we are. It was interesting, I, just this morning I noticed that in this chapter, chapter 5, the pronouns we, us, our, are used 35 times. It's, it's used of all of us. It's, Paul wasn't just talking about himself. Paul wasn't just talking about the, the apostles. He's talking about all of us. If we have accepted Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we are an ambassador for Christ. When I was um, growing up in Ghana, when I was, I think, 14 or 15, something like that, um, I was born in Nigeria and my parents moved to Ghana. But we had a new ambassador that came out from the United States. And I was all excited because at that time, um, she was a pretty... She had been, she had made a lot of movies, and she had been somebody that I, that I knew her name of, uh, an actress. Shirley Temple Black came to Ghana, and she was the ambassador there. And I was all excited because, you know, when I, at that age, she was one, one movie star that I knew. And I didn't know very many because I didn't, hadn't grown up here in the States, but I did know Shirley Temple. And I was all excited that she was coming out to leave the United States, to represent the United States there in Ghana, and to um, represent, at that time, I think it was, I forget which president it was, um, the president of the United States to the, the people of Ghana. Unfortunately, the Ghanaians did not like her very much. Um, she was not very friendly. Um, she had kind of a snobbyish attitude. And I think that there was also some political things going on, and she was trying to represent the United States, and it wasn't a very... It didn't go over very well with the Ghanaians, and she was not very well accepted. She, um, the people did not like her, and she wasn't really listened to. We are ambassadors for Christ. Unfortunately, there's a lot of us that are kind of like Shirley Temple, and we aren't careful of how we represent Christ. We're not careful of how we we portray the message that we're, we're supposed to be portraying. We are supposed to be giving out the word of reconciliation. That is the word of God. When we speak, we are supposed to be representing God to the people. People are supposed to see Christ in us. Um, when, before we went to Liberia the first time, we um, were there for two and a half years before the war there broke out, right after we got married. And we went, into, we went to, to Washington, D.C. to get our Liberian uh, visas in the embassy, the Liberian embassy there in Washington. And when we, it was in a, it's in a pretty well, pretty nice district of Washington, D.C. It's a district where there are a lot of embassies along, uh, along that same street. But when we got 
in front of the Liberian embassy, it just looked kind of like Africa because the, the building wasn't well kept. The grounds weren't kept. The paint was kind of peeling and stuff. When we walked inside, it even looked more like Africa. The carpet was threadbare. It was cold in there. It was, like, it was late fall, early winter. It was cold. Um, the building just, it just didn't look like what we thought an embassy should look like. While we were, when we got in the door, the, the secretary was talking on the phone, and obviously somebody had just called to ask if their passport was done because she opened a drawer next to her, it was one of those deep drawers, and it was just full, not stacked, but just full of passports jumbled in there. And we saw her flip through the passports like this with her hand. She picked up like two of them and looked at them, and then she threw them back down and she said, no, your passport's not ready yet, call back in three days. Well, she had, you know, she looked at two out of probably 150, 200 passports in that drawer. <clears throat> we asked her if the, the ambassador was in. She said, no, he stepped out for lunch. Um, what do you need? We said, we, we came to get, you know, um, visas. She said, just leave your passports. They'll be ready in three days. <laughs> well, we said, no, we'll, we'll just wait. She said, well, that's the procedure. We said, it's okay, we'll just wait. So we waited in the waiting room about 20 minutes later, or half an hour later. He walked in, and we were allowed to go talk with him. He said, um, we told him what we needed. He said, just leave your passports here. In three days, we'll give you a call. They'll be done. We said, it's okay. We'll just wait. He said, we don't do it that way here. He said, just leave your passports. In three days, we'll be ready. He, we said, it's okay. We'll just wait out in the waiting room. So we waited out there. In 20 minutes, we had our passports, and we were out. <laughs> but when we were there, the whole, the whole procedure, the whole way that things operated, reminded us of being right there in Liberia. And it was very interesting. A month before we came back this time, in um, February, I think it was, we went down to the capital city of Abidjan and we had five passports we had to renew. So we went into the American embassy and we had a similar type of experience. When we walked into that embassy, I mean, it was like we were in America. Um, they spent, I think it was $55 million building that embassy. They built it so it was nuclear bomb proof underneath. Uh, for what reason, I have no idea. Um, but all the materials came from the States. The only thing that they used that came from Africa was the sand, and the cement. And even that, they scanned it with bug scanners every time a load went in. And they said that they've had embassies around the world that have had bugs implanted in wood and everything else. The Outer Coast exports lots of wood, mahogany. In fact, the rafters in our house are made out of mahogany. So the wood is cheap there, but they imported everything from the States. Everything, the inside of that embassy looked like the States, and it felt like the States. It was cold. It smelled like the States. I mean, it just reminded us of the States. We were treated well. Um, and it just, it just made us feel like we were in the States. It represented the whole atmosphere was the United States. That's what we're supposed to be. We are ambassadors. We are representing Christ. So when people see us, they are supposed to see Christ. They're supposed to hear the word of reconciliation, hear the message of Christ. They're supposed to um, see in us, we are called Christians, little Christ. Christ followers, we're, we're supposed to, when other people see us, they're supposed to see who Christ is. Unfortunately, uh, it seems like more and more of us are wanting to be more and more like the world and less and less like Christ. When we came back this time, we came through Egypt and we were there in Cairo Airport and it was very interesting what we had a, like a four or five hour layover, but there's two or three big rooms that they have there and they have huge signs all uh, several places in the airport, um, prayer room. If you want to go pray, and it wasn't just for Muslims, anybody, if you want to go pray, right there in the huge international airport, they have huge rooms 
specifically built just for people who want to go and pray. When we got into JFK, we didn't see any prayer room. We didn't see any mention of God or mention of Christianity or mention of anything. And it was just, to me, it was kind of sad to see the contrast between a, a very Muslim country that is even allowing Christians a room to go and pray, anybody, and and United States where we have freedom of religion, supposedly, but we're shutting God out of everything. Um, we are supposed to, as Christians, we are supposed to be representing Jesus Christ. We, to the people, are supposed to represent and are to give other people a glimpse of who Jesus Christ is. We are supposed to be reconciling man with God. With God, We're supposed to be giving out the word of reconciliation. So my challenge to you is, here we are at Ambassador Baptist Church. Are we ambassadors for Christ? Are we... And we all are. That's not the question. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are an ambassador. But are you kind of doing a poor job like Shirley Temple did in Ghana? And I don't know for sure if it was her fault or not. When I was there, everyone said it was her fault. Everyone said she was a terrible person to talk with. The last week or so, I've looked on the Internet, and I can't find anything on the Internet that said she was really a bad person. So I really don't know if it was her fault if, or if it was the United States' fault because of the, what she was supposed to represent. But I know she wasn't, she wasn't accepted well at all. Are we representing Christ well? That's the question. As an ambassador of Jesus Christ from Ambassador Baptist Church, are you the ambassador that you should be? Um, our goal, whether we're here in the States or whether we're overseas, is to be an ambassador. And I think um, the worse and the bigger the difference between where we came from and where we are, the bigger opportunity we have of being a good ambassador. In the Ivory Coast, for example, everyone's black. If somebody comes, if a white ambassador comes to the United States, he stands out. As white missionaries, we stand out. Um, Here in the States, we should stand out just as, we should be uh, light and dark, uh, uh, night and day difference here on this earth. This uh, world that we're living in, this United States, is getting worse and worse every day. Um, We have a greater opportunity to be different, a greater opportunity to be the light, a greater opportunity to be Christ in people's lives than we've ever had. And yet more and more of us are becoming, uh, we don't become like the world, we maintain a a distance from the world, but we keep, keep sliding over and we're getting farther and farther from Christ. So my encouragement to you as... You think about us, pray that we will be that ambassador. But as you think about your own lives, pray and ask God to help you be the ambassador that you should be here on this earth. Um, in verse 21 it says, For he hath made him to be, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. We, When people see us, they're supposed to see the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus Christ. So when people see us, as ambassadors of Christ, they're supposed to see the righteousness of God. Are they seeing that righteousness in your life? Do your, do your uh, co-workers, your relatives, your family, your neighbors see that? We have, a, we have a unique opportunity right now. The darker the world is, the brighter the light can shine. Are we shining brightly in, this, in, this, in our neighborhood where we are? Um, continue to pray for us that we will continue to shine brightly, as I mentioned in Sunday school. The devil's fighting. He's fighting here in Royal Oak, and he's fighting there in the Ivory Coast. And he wants all of us, each one of us to be a shipwreck. He wants each one of us to quit 
serving him, to quit following him. And yet we have the choice. We can choose to continue to be a good ambassador, or we can choose to be an ambassador maybe like Shirley Temple. We have the choice. What are you going to choose? Let's bow in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Dearly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the life of Paul and for his ministry as he was here on this earth. Um, thank you for the missionary example that he was to us, the ambassador that he was for you as he was here on this earth, and the challenge he gave to us, inspired by your Holy Spirit, to, in the word that, that you gave to us, to continue to be that ambassador as we live. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunities we have in this earth, in this world, in this country that is so full of sin and so full of darkness and yet because of that darkness and because of how dark and how much darker the world is becoming thank you that we have the op opportunity of becoming of being seen so much easier that we have the opportunity of being even a brighter light to the people that see us as they see Jesus Christ living through us I pray that you help us to live for, for you help us to serve you Help us to reconcile man with Jesus Christ, with you through Christ, and help us to give out your word, the word of reconciliation to others. Help us to explain clearly and to live clearly the good news of salvation in our lives, in, in the words we live, in the words we um, say, in the way we dress, in the way we talk, in the way we live. Help us to live Christ in front of others. Thank you for the opportunities you give us during this time. We believe that your son is coming back soon, um, very possibly before the end of this year. And we want to be your ambassadors. We want to be serving you while we are here, while we are still alive, while we still have the, the opportunity. Help us each um, to determine in our own lives that we are going to be your ambassador, that we are going to give out your word that we are going to represent Jesus Christ, that we are going to represent and speak and dress and live Christ to the world. Thank you for this group here that has been faithful to you. And I pray that you help us each one to, to maintain that faithfulness, to be, continue to be faithful to you in the lives that we are living here on this earth in the time that we have left. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.